Welcome, everybody, to the 39th edition of Bayjack and Brown Hoops Up and Down podcast. We thank you all for joining us live here on Anchor.fm. I am joined for this all-star edition by the host with the most, the man that never met a shot he didn't like, Mr. Bob Bayjack. How are you doing this afternoon, Bob? I'm doing good. What up, BNB Nation? I am very excited to talk about the All-Star game. Are you sure? You don't sound excited enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, especially just being a little kid, just seeing all the stars together, it's never gotten old for me, even seeing star-studded teams like the Golden State Warriors or the Heatles. Um, you know, I just love seeing great basketball players work together and try to maybe show some crazy skills that we haven't seen before. And that's the, I think our audience would agree here and fans around the world. That's the best part of the All-Star weekend to see some of those dream matchups, I guess, before the super teams kind of came to effect to see our favorite players around the league join on some of the same teams. And as you mentioned, match their skills up and uh, just have competitive fun for that weekend. It uh, hasn't even gotten old for me, Theus. I mean, uh, you know, I watched Golden State religiously for about three, four years, and I, I would still get excited for the All-Star game, like Giannis and Steph together. I mean, do, do you remember the time when Steph, he was dribbling, driving, he bounced the ball, and then, like, Giannis went 13, 14 feet in the air and slammed it home? That was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And, I mean, the All-Star game gives you that that medium to see it. And that, like I said, those highlights like that are definitely the memories that carry on throughout the years. And definitely, as far as the – and for the players, like what they're fans just as we are. So those are the same memories that they have, you know, growing up and then once achieving that goal of making the NBA, wanted to recreate those same type of highlights for their fans uh, as well. And, Bob, we've got a, a very uh, exciting episode planned here today for our guests. Of course, as we mentioned, we're going to go over the uh, all-star selections here that were just came out yesterday, or last week and yesterday for the reserves as well. Of course, mention a, a, a popular subject and some of the, our star players that got snubbed, some people that may have deserved. Of course, we've already heard from LeBron James and Draymond Green about who they think should have been selected. And we've got some interesting news around the league, Bob, today as well. We've got a, uh, some contract deadlines that end by 5 p.m., so a lot of player movement that some fans may not be aware of, our audience may not have seen, and also discuss some better coaching change and some free agent moves as well. But, Bob, we'll, we'll start right into it. We're also going to answer some of our uh, listener questions uh, towards the end of the show. Uh, but to start out, Bob, the, when the All-Star starters, uh, what do you say? You want to start with the East or the West? How about let's start East because usually that's the kid brother, but they've been getting a little better the last couple of years. So you say start with the East? Yes. Okay, so it, it, there in the in the East, Bob, I don't think it was much of a surprise. Uh, we had a lot of the big names already picked. Did you want you want me to go ahead and name it off? You want to go ahead and get it? Yeah. Why don't you name it off? You're doing good. So for the East, we had oh, start yesterday with the news, and I know a lot of people already knew about the starters, but some of the reserves for the East yesterday were first-time candidate Jalen Brown from the Boston Celtics. Uh, of course, perennial all-star and MVP candidate James Harden. Your favorite, Bob, from your Chicago Bulls, Zach Levine, flight number 80. He's finally made it to the all-star game. Uh, for our East Coast fans out there, for your New York Knickerbockers, the first all-star in about five years, uh, Mr. Julius Randle, 
as at a well. That was probably the one that everybody was on the border on. Didn't know if he was going to get the right respect, but thank goodness that Julius Randle did make the game. Ben Simmons from the Philadelphia 76ers, Jason Tatum, and, of course, our favorite, Bob, uh, probably my favorite here at Baysaker Brown. I'm so happy that this young man uh, finally was named all-star, Nicholas Vucevic. Bob, what did you think so far about the reserves? Uh, it's a very solid list. I don't think you could necessarily go wrong with it. Um, there's possible that we can get a replacement because I don't know how Kevin Durant's health is. Him and uh, Anthony Davis kind of have iffy health, and I think that you know th- they'll find a replacement soon for both of those guys. But, I mean, Julius Randle's been playing great. I do think maybe he's having a career year and just on a mediocre team, just in his role, he's going to stat stuff. But, I mean, stat stuff or not, he's uh, been passing great, and he's been doing what was asked of him to do. Um, James Harden's not a surprise. Um, it's kind of cool, even though, you know, he missed part of – the season in the East, you know, that he gets on, but well-deserved to get on. I mean, with KD out, it's possible for the the Nets to start cratering, and he's been um, ensuring that, that they stay afloat and actually be high in the standings. Um, Zach Levine, uh, he's somebody who's keep on upping his game. Still not the great greatest defender, but it seems like a lot of offensive first players get in the All-Star game because we want to see scoring, and, you know, he's great one-on-one matchup improved his three-point shooting. Uh, Ben Simmons, you know, again, we kind of rag on him on his offensive game, at least getting buckets because he hasn't, you know, expanded, uh, you know, gotten better at the free throw line. He hasn't um, gotten that mid-range shot. But just just with him um, going in transition, he's good at that. He's a great passer, a fantastic um, defender. So I'm happy with him. And the two guys from uh, Boston, um, Tatum and Brown, uh, kind of like a law firm team, right? He, they're, uh, both, they're both yes, very good. <laughs> well, they render judgment on both sides of the court. I mean, they're, they're really, really uh, dynamic players with athleticism, but the high basketball IQ and the willingness to keep improving their games. Um, I've been a fan of Jalen Brown, par- partly because of his old hairstyle, even though he's gotten a haircut, partly because, um, you know, there was a really good feature on him on – slam magazine talking about how he he wanted to stay in college but you know he went to the nba because that's where the money is but he's a continual learner he loves the piano uh he he learned spanish he's learning arabic so and and as you saw like when, when it was the summer when there was the uh social justice marches for uh george floyd you know he was very active in it and telling people that we we have to make our voices heard so uh, you know, that we got to vote and have a have a say in our state legislatures. So um, he's just somebody who's well aware and I think a good representative of the league. And I guess the last one, Nikola Vucevic, and I'm sure you agree with this, Theus. I mean, he is probably one of the most underrated players in the league. Um, unfortunately, the Magic, uh, very key players have been injured for them. And uh, Aaron Gordon, I, I do think he's a good player, but sometimes I wonder if he's more famous because of his highlight reel stat, you know, like his dunks and high flying ability. But uh, sure, right. is somebody I think that could get moved potentially, like especially if somebody's like, we want to win a title this year or next year. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he'd get moved. Yeah, those are great points. We're, we're going to uh, delve into that a little bit later on in, in the show, uh, especially about that potential uh, trade movement. But I'll, I'll go back, Bob, and I'll, I'll finish up with the starters for the East. And we had uh, Giannis Akintupe, of course, the two-time reigning MVP, 
Of course, this year is everybody's fan favorite and well-deserved. His first-time appearance will be Bradley Beal, the NBA scoring leader. Not sure for how much long, Bob. I don't, uh, see the way that uh, Zach Levine and Dame Lillard are scoring. They may look like they're coming to take Beal's scoring title soon there. Uh, and then we continue with, of course, the former MVP, former NBA champ, the man that we're all happy he's back, Kevin Durant, the Slim Reaper. He makes his return. Uh, the big fella, probably the leading candidate for the MVP right now, everybody in Philadelphia, my man Kurt and uh, T, everybody, big fella. Looks like all the, the tape he's been watching, Makeem Olajuwon, uh, has been paying off. And, of course, uh, this being a Duke-friendly podcast, my former Duke Blue Devil, Kyrie Irving, the often misunderstood, often uh, misquoted. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that for another day. But uh, that, that rounds out the East. Um, and, Bob, moving to the West, of course, there was some, uh, you know, sub, that was probably the hardest. I think everybody from the analysts on TV, the TV personalities to the real journalists and the beat writers really were kind of con- not confused, but it just really maybe one of the toughest years to choose. Of course, we started in the middle with the big fella, almost averaging a triple-double in Denver, the Joker. Uh, he makes, an, uh, of course, he makes his annual appearance, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, and then, of course, your favorite, Bob, Luka Doncic, who an amazing game winner uh, yesterday against the Boston Celtics. And then to round out against your, probably the, your, uh, your fandom and your fanboy favorite, Steph Curry, Bob. So you, you've got the all-Bob backcourt with Steph Curry and uh, Luka Doncic. Uh, and then we uh, mentioned the reserves as well for the West, Bob. I know everybody knew about the starters. Um, looking at Anthony Davis, we'll get into that more later. Of course, he is injured, folks. So we're going to talk about that in a few minutes, about the possibilities of his injury replacement. We got uh, our invisible man, Mr. Paul George, who's had an incredible, incredible bounce. Playing back a season. lot better. I was just wondering if he was listening to our show. And again, we were we're not trying to <laughs> rag on him because we we think he's a failure, and we understand that you know. There, there's COVID concerns that, and, you know, he has mental health issues, but he is so talented. I mean, even Sweet Lou talked about him seven, eight years ago, and he's not as into basketball as we are, but he just liked how he took it to LeBron. And, I mean, if you take it to LeBron, you should you should be an ascending player. I think people forget that, too, but just to, to tail in on your uh, piggyback on what you're saying, that people forget about the injury that Paul George had, the heroic. When the shoulder injuries, too, that affected the playoffs in 2018 and 19. Correct. Yeah. I was referring to the injury he had in Indiana when he, he, he uh, uh, you know, dislocated his knee. But I think people forget that that did detour some of his growth. And But we, like we said, we see now, Bob, that he's bounced back. Everything that happened in the bubble with other players, trash talking him, demeaning him. He's almost shooting, Bob. He, had, he was on pace to shoot uh, 50, 90, 50. Mm. So he kind of dropped off a little bit at the three-point line. He's around 47%. Maybe – I know he's taking less threes now, so he may even get back up there. We've got a couple guys shooting close to 50, 90, 50, which has never been done yet. Uh, but, of course, we got Paul George. Uh, the NBA's hottest team right now, the Utah Jazz, has two representatives in the big fella, Rudy Gobert. Of course, so happy for him that uh, he's – it's like a redemption story for the big fella. Of course, unfortunately, he kind of – set off the sports world almost a year ago when COVID came to this country. And he was the, of course, remember that night on March 11th when the whole sport stopped when he was found positive, but it's just a great thing to see Rudy Gobert uh, turn his career around. Even he started in the bubble, kept playing aggressive, uh, owned up to his responsibility. Now he's an all-star again. 
uh, after that huge contract, he's definitely playing up to it. Donovan Spider Mitchell Bob is there again, uh, the shooting guard from the Utah Jazz. I mean, he's showing Shaq that now. Know, wouldn't you say that, Theus, that he's, he's showing Shaq up because Shaq, for some reason, wanted to poo-poo on his game? And, I mean, I think his, he's letting his game speak for itself right now. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll hedge on the side of Donovan Mitchell with that, Bob. I think he handled that situation yes. perfectly. And as he told Shaq, I uh, – and as Dwayne Wade, you know, second that thought that Donovan Mitchell has been playing at a high level for a long time. And we can get into that too a little bit in a few moments, but I don't think that had anything to do with it. I think that this young man is a highly motivated, um, you know, leader for that team. Background, he's already motivated to play at a high level. So I, I – I don't think that had anything to do with it. He was already playing this way, you know, all season long. Uh, but outside that, and also about to finish up the, the reserves for the West, uh, Chris Paul, the Mr. State Farm, makes his return, his annual return, <laughs> seems like, every year to the All-Star game. Some people think his teammate should have been there, but we'll get into that in a few moments. And also my guy from Duke, first time uh, All-Star appearance, Zion Williamson, uh, rounding those out. Bob, did you have any – uh, thoughts about the reserves as well in the West? Um, I think I think the reserves are fantastic because, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, as fans, and we've talked about this off air, you, you're only picking the starters. And um, I did one uh, vote where these are the ones that I thought should be the starters. And then I did another vote, even though I kept like Steph and LeBron on it, for like maybe some people who are having great years so they can get some votes. But I mean, I think this is fairly accurate of who should be beyond. And I mean, there's always going to be snubs. And I think just the league is so talented now, there's going to be more snubs e- each year than in the past. Um, I mean, like in the past, when you and I were growing up and watching the league in the mid nineties, um, you know, we, we knew who the, the really good players are and you can't really say, Oh, there was like a huge snub or maybe there was one person. Now, now the league is so deep. I mean, there could be like 30 players or 32 players who, you know, deserve to be on the team. So, um, you know, unfortunately- and that's, that's a great, Oh, go ahead, this. Oh no, I was gonna say that's a great segue, Bob. Because speaking of that, we're gonna we're gonna tie that into some of our listener questions as well, um, and that's kind of been the, the the topic of the last few days or the last day is that. Uh, well, I guess we'll start in the east again, or start in the west actually is with uh, probably the a guy that made it last year, and a guy that was has already been advocated by LeBron James and Draymond Green. Uh, to quote LeBron James, is saying that. Devin Booker is probably the most disrespected player uh, in our league, uh, followed by Dame Lillard. Uh, Bob, what were your thoughts on that with LeBron and Draymond Green also saying that it was foolery that Devin Booker was not selected an all-star? Um, his think, numbers are actually higher than his numbers of last season, uh, averaging around six assists and six rebounds a game, about 24 points a game this year, down a little bit from his previous two seasons at, when he was right at 26.6 games. It's kind of reminiscent, Bob. If fans remember, he was he was voted on last year in 20, but he was also snubbed in 2019, but then went on to put on a heck of a show in the three-point shootout. So he's really been snubbed two out of the last three years. Well, I mean, at least the good thing is he's, he's getting paid. So, I mean, at least he's getting uh, respect in the pocketbook. But I, I think some of these players are just trying to encourage him because they know he's a hard worker. He loves the game. He's one of the Kobe disciples like, um, I mean, Jason Tatum is where, um, you know, some of Kobe's game lives through them because he was a great mentor to those two players. Um, You know, it's possible with Anthony Davis being injured. Um, I don't know necessarily if they have to get another 
front court person to fill in for him or not. So maybe he could get um, in the game that way, which I, I wouldn't, I mean, if he got on, I mean, that's going to be great for his uh, career accolades. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's just really difficult because you, you can say that all these players had a hand um, in winning and playing great basketball. I mean, again, I think the league is getting so deep that there's going to be continuous snubs all the time. And, you know, the only way that it's going to get rectified is if a couple players don't play because of injury and then maybe you get those players on, you know. Absolutely. And I think that the, the thing is, I think people see a guy like Devin Booker. I think he really came into the spotlight a few years ago when he scored 70 points against the Boston Celtics and to a lot of Phoenix Suns and, and fans around the league. People said, OK, well, Devin Booker, we need you to win to get to the All-Star game. Well, the Phoenix Suns, Bob, sit in the fourth seed right now, of course, with the emergence of DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul. But certainly Devin Booker's 25 points a game has a lot to do with that. And I think that's I, – I heard Antonio Daniels, former NBA champion and point guard, say last night, sometimes it's been the old adage in the NBA is that there's no criteria. So, you know, some somebody like myself might say, well, take, you know, teams win-loss record into consideration. Some people say for an all-star game, that shouldn't matter. But I think to the masses, to kind of answer your question, is that a lot of people believe, especially with LeBron and Draymond's comments that Devin Booker most likely will be the number one candidate uh, to replace Anthony Davis uh, due to injury. Uh, another person, Bob, out west that was snubbed, we talked about the one something like 21 out of 22 games or 20 out of 22, uh, Mike Conley. Mike Conley has been a veteran around this league, Bob, uh, multiple times, of course, back in Memphis. Remember him for the grit and grind teams, uh, making a lot of runs in the playoffs. He, again, was snubbed from the playoffs. What, what do you think that is due to, Bob? Do you think it's due to the coaches not, uh, I don't know, not, maybe not going with him because they already had two players? Or do you think it's just maybe disrespect on his game? Um, maybe it's an underappreciation because, again, a lot of the stuff he does with um, defense, um, just good passing that might not be an assist, but it's setting up your offense, uh, dictating pace. Um, being being a scrapper, even though you know he could he could shoot, um, his game is kind of. I mean, I do think he's a great player. I might not be as much of a fan of his game as as you are, but I, I think a lot of voters or coaches want to think who are the high flyers, who are the ones who shoot threes, who are the ones who might be more flashy defenders, whether it's post defense with blocks or um, steals or or whatever. Um, Connolly is a, an above average player, and surprisingly. You know, there were some seasons maybe he could have been a reserve for the Grizzlies and he never got on. Um, it, it is a really good question that you posed, Theus. I, I, I do think maybe they're looking for more flash on some of these decisions. Yeah, it just kind of interesting. We're going to get to that in a minute. You've got three all-stars there. Uh, shout out to our man, Matthew Wells. We had a great discussion yesterday, uh, and he was actually 100% right. He get in, but there's been years where in 2015, we saw the Atlanta Hawks put four people in the All-Star game, and also in 1998, the Lakers put four guys in with Nate Jones, so you would think that being from a coach's standpoint that they have a predicate on winning and you know want to reward players and teams that do such in this league, so you would think the point guard of the winningest team in the NBA 
would actually make the all-star game. So, and yeah, he may not be flashy or flamboyant, but definitely uh, the most effective right now. Um, and we, we also have one of our other favorites, Bob, here at Bajak and Brown. We, we would thank everybody for listening to Bajak and Brown Hoops Up Now podcast live on Anchor.fm. We have a question, Bob, from our one of our great listeners, BC Sport. A uh, shout out to her, a huge uh, OKC fan and a Russell Westbrook fan. And she also wanted to know why one of the, one of our young guys, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, he had a great case, Bob, along with also John Morant, but focusing more so on Shea Gilgis Alexander. Uh, he, you've seen him kind of be a disciple of Chris Paul uh, from their Clipper day. Floated onto the scene this year. Averaging his numbers are similar to Devin Booker, similar to, you know, some of the other big name guards in this league at 22 points, five rebounds, and six and a half assists a game. Shea Gildress uh, could have matched up or could have created excitement in that game. Oh, I, I think he can. I mean, if you look at his, um, he's scoring almost 23 points a game, five rebounds, six and a half assists, shooting over 50%, which is very good for a guard, even though he's a taller guard. Almost 41% from three atheists. Um, his per is 21.7, which is pretty strong. 2.9 win shares when it's not even halfway in the year. And we know the Thunder, they're building around him. Uh, they're not going to be good for a while. It, he does have a really good case. Um, it Some of it might be name recognition. Some of it might be penalizing him for not being on that good of a team. Beal kind of overcame it, but... I wonder if that's kind of a makeup for last year because Beal was fantastic last year as well. So, um, you know, I think he'll get his day soon. Uh, same with Ja. You know, you you and I are big fans of his game. We love his uh, electric dynamicism, not being afraid to dunk over guys almost twice his size. Uh, great passer. You know, he's he's I think an underrated defender as well. Um, you know, I think these guys are going to have their day soon. Um, Chris Paul can't play forever. Um, you know, it's possible this might be his last great year because um, it's kind of harder when you, you're six foot or maybe even 5'11 or around my height where you can stand out. You know, um, he does have one more year after this, and I'm wondering if he's going to contemplate retiring because with with COVID and how it's restructuring the league, I wonder if he's willing to play for lower money because he seems to be the top guy. I know he loves the game, but I think he loves the paycheck, too. Yeah, and I, I think you're right about uh, speaking in about Shaq Gilgis, Bob, is that, you know, some of these guys, you know, with the face of the league, the NBA may be trying to spread out some of that too because they can still put Shy and uh, John Morant in the rookie game. Not Shy, but John Morant in the rookie sophomore game as well that they're going to have on March 7th uh, to display some of the young talent. Not sure if Zion will take part in the rookie sophomore game since he is in the all-star game as well. Yeah, they might give it to somebody else, I'm thinking, especially since there's no no downtime. So maybe if there's a second-year player who is um, sticking out more or, uh, you know, m- maybe just get some of these rookies some shine because we've had some good rookies this year too. Absolutely. But in fact, actually with Shaq Gilgis, they have a, a young club there too in Oklahoma City where they have gotten better, have shown growth and – it looks like maybe at the trade deadline when they make some moves there that they can get uh, maybe even some younger players in if they move the contracts of Ariza and Horford. Uh, definitely enjoyed the play of Isaiah Roby 
a shout out to the former Nebraska corner Husker from Dixon, Illinois. He's played outstanding in that backup center role for uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, out east, Bob, we've got some discrepancy. Uh, again, we had a lot of the Toronto Raptors fan base uh, clamoring for uh, another Illinois native, Fred Van Fleet, who has definitely stepped up huge in the absence of Kyle Lowry, uh, former NBA champion. Uh, they thought that Fred Van Fleet has definitely lived up to that contract so far. Uh, he's had, oh, I think, over upwards of 18 points a game. Do you think that that's somebody, Bob, that if an injury comes up that Van Fleet may be uh, put on a former uh, mid-major guy from Missouri Valley? I mean, I think I think it's a possibility. He has he has stepped up. Um, I'm just wondering if uh, certain traditional and um, advanced hands might keep him out because he's shooting 40.5% right now. And, you know, he's somebody who could probably shoot 45. His threes are still good, though. He's, he's pushing about 38%. Um, I think part of it is that he's taking on a bigger load of the team. Um, the team is still competitive, even though I don't know if they could necessarily make a deep run. Uh, he, he does help with winning. His win shares are 3.3. Um, that's pretty solid, though. If, if, you, if you double it in, in the year, maybe it's about seven. So, I mean, that's a very good player, maybe fringe all-star. Um, I was thinking that maybe DeMontis Sabonis could potentially be somebody because he's the first guy who has – 20 10 and 5 who didn't make an all-star game and how how deep the east is injury problems um unfortunately it didn't work with oladipo so they're kind of um you know redoing that team a little bit but sabonis has been helping with winning and being a shooting slash passing first big man uh he he's putting up some filthy numbers and i know you've always been a fan of his game you're actually a big fan of his father uh, do, do you think maybe he could potentially be somebody who could fill Bob's in? Trying to date. Bob's trying to date him in front of the audience here. <laughs> okay. Do, do you think it's possible that DeMontis might uh, take KD's spot if KD is still hurt? You know, that's a, a great question. Maybe a question that we'll post to our audience too on the uh, social media sites. We're going to get to that too, folks, some of your other questions. But I don't know if – KD will sit out that long. I, that's what my, my thinking was the same as yours. I thought that he would sit out just to avoid going to Atlanta. Uh, but some of the people thought he may come back before then just to get in the rhythm and to play. And definitely with him missing all that time, definitely. Well, that is a good opportunity, Bob, to see either either one of those guys. you got Fred Van Fleet. Uh, some other people in the – we had some other votes in the uh, East out there too, Bob. I know – even when you were mentioning too about the winning, I think that maybe that this year was taken out of the equation because you got to think for the most part of the season, the Washington Wizards were at times the worst team in the league until their recent five-game winning streak with Bradley Bill leading the league in scoring. And I know, of course, people our age and a little younger got a lot of pushback. They said, well, heck, you know, Isaiah Ryder led the NBA back for the Atlanta Hawks. He led the league in scoring. It was close to it. and He didn't get any all-star votes or – or people that were leading the league and, and scoring on bad teams never got to the all-star game. So maybe that has kind of kind of lessened in the coach's eyes. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, uh, like you said, if one of those guys definitely gets on. Uh, the, the, the surprise, Bob, I'm, I'm, we're kind of getting along on time here, is that the the surprise of that group might be Ben Simmons. Uh, I didn't get – like I, we tried to interact with our fans on, on Twitter about the uh, Ben Simmons selection. I know he's missed a few games, not many. He did not deserve uh, 
an all-star appearance this year. I know that up in Philadelphia on 97.5 uh, Sports Station and the uh, Tyrone Johnson did a poll, and a lot of Philly fans felt that Tobias Harris, the friendly ghost, as they call him up there, was more deserving of an all-star appearance. How, how do you feel about that, Bob, and the way that Doc Rivers uh, has been able to, again, unlock Tobias Harris's game like he did before with the Clippers? You know, and I never even thought about this at the time, but having Tobias Harris was probably maybe one consideration that Doc had because um, he knows that he's a key player. Uh, you know, that that's a good argument because Tobias is somebody who works hard. Uh, he's scoring about 21 points, being a secondary scorer behind Embiid, 7.7 rebounds, 3.4 assists, almost 52% shooting, 41.5 from three. Uh, his his per is a little lower than Ben Simmons, but the win shares are about the same. So I, I can see it. I mean, Tobias is at least the more offensive, efficient player while being a pretty good defender. The one thing I'm sure a lot of people think this too with Ben Simmons, he, he you know, if Shaq wants to go after players, you know, not necessarily uh, Spider Mitchell, I, I would think more like Ben Simmons because what, what has Ben done since his rookie year to improve his game? He's somebody, and we've talked about it many times on this podcast. I'm sure other podcasts have. Our listeners probably read and talk about this all the time. Like, he's somebody who could score 20, 22, 23 points a game, maybe more, and he hasn't improved his offensive game. And this could still be the undoing of uh, the Sixers. I know the Sixers have great shooters. Embiid is stepping up, though there's always concerns about his health. But, like, Ben Simmons, why isn't this guy scoring even 16 points a game? I mean, you have you have somebody like uh, Fred Van Vliet who wasn't drafted, who lacks what like nine inches, ten inches of Ben Simmons, and he's scoring more. And that's that's a great point, Bob. Do you think that it's more for his? You think it's more for his pseudo style of game, or do you think it's more that Doc I, Rivers will eventually be? Oh, go ahead. I. I mean, it, it might be some of his popularity because I guess he was one of the first Instagram guys. And I know you and I are trying to get into Instagram. I, I still don't fully understand it. I mean, it's almost like Twitter, but with more pictures. But I, I think he was kind of like that. I know Slam hyped him up a lot. He he was friends with LeBron. And um, I mean, he, he just kind of just – I know he disappointed in college. Like he had great individual stats, but he didn't even lead LSU to the tournament. That that was a concern for me. I, I was willing to overlook it. I know college kind of constrains these star players, but I'm just like, huh, you know, a, a lot of players do well and, you know, or at least get to the tournament. He couldn't do that in a weak SEC. Um, and, and it just seems like maybe his friendship with LeBron, I mean, he's a good-looking guy. Yeah, he, he was famous for um, playing a little bit with um, Australia. I guess he, w- he was from there for a while. Uh, you know, some of the stuff might have built him up more. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I enjoy watching him when he's on. Like two years ago, there was a game against Golden State where him and Embiid kind of, you know, he he made mincemeat out out of the Warriors and people were talking about, oh, you know, it would be cool if, and I think that was a February game when Boogie was new. That that might have been the first loss when Boogie was there. Uh, They were about 7-0, I think. People were thinking, oh, you know, the Sixers could be a good finals matchup, and I thought they could have been, and that would have been a fun finals. But, you know, if he were 
if he were in, would, would Golden State maybe still have won because, you know, he's just inconsistent. But it, when, when he when he decides to play Theus, I mean, I think he had 20-20 that game. And uh, it, it's like, yeah. why, why can't he do this more often? Well, I, th- I think to that fact, Bob, is that I know that a lot of that, like you brought up a lot of his history and past. And sometimes in a lot of cases, people as fans and as the media, we maybe do that too much. I think that the good thing now is that he's following in lines of Doc Rivers. Uh, to make a good comparison, Bob, one time all-star point guard, I remember with Mark Jackson, uh, he always stated that when he played for Rick Bettino in New York, that he was one of the first coaches just to focus on his strengths and not his weaknesses. And I think that's what Doc Rivers is good at for his players is that, yes, we know that maybe, okay, Ben Simmons is not a great jump shooter. He hasn't developed that. Uh, but instead of – that's why they're winning now, that they're focusing on – they don't need Ben Simmons, like you said, to be a jump shooter. As they say in Philadelphia, the best Ben is the, the aggressive Ben. They need Ben to attack. So as long as he is getting to the basket, uh, you know, facilitating for others – and Doc Rivers had a great quote uh, for our audience in Dubai before the year that he wanted Ben Simmons to take between eight and ten foul shots a game on top of his eight to ten shots a game. So that is something that a market that they're trying to get him to. So I think it's a more so of a thing where, like a lot of players that were never great jump shooters, even Magic Johnson, Magic Johnson averaged, we talked about that before, averaged, you know, an upwards of 17, 18 points a game, but was not a great jump shooter until his end of his career. Jason Kidd, a big guard. Not a great jump shooter his entire career. Scottie Pippen, everybody loves Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen was a very poor shooter the majority of his career. but had LeBron a great was like a poor shooter shot. probably his first seven, eight years, I would say. And that's something he actually really worked on to extend his career. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think sometimes that's kind of overhyped and we focus on people's faults too much. I mean, the, no, no player is perfect, but I think with Ben Simmons, that, but he can continue to uh, – focus on his strengths. Uh, but again, Bob, to get back to the, the other snubs out East, I'm sorry, folks, I skipped a few in the West we had there. Uh, but in the East, again, Bob, I rounded up with uh, another snub. Of course, a guy averaging almost 30 points a game, almost eight assists, Trey Young in Atlanta. Uh, a guy that I thought should have made it was Chris Middleton. I'm a big Chris Middleton fan, a guy that's getting, as I've said, Bob, many times he puts up similar numbers to Clay Thompson, similar numbers to CJ McCullough, but everybody seems to disrespect Chris Middleton, uh, but definitely he should have probably been on that all-star team, maybe over Ben Simmons, seeing that Milwaukee is winning again. No, they're not blowing the doors off the world like they had before, but definitely Chris Middleton is a guy that's played well. And they're going to correct, I think, Theus. Like we were talking about some of the teams. Uh, I think both of us talked it on BBA too when we were guests separately that – Teams like Milwaukee and the Nuggets are going to course correct, which both 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 have. I, I even think the Wizards are to a point. I remember you said, "Hey, Russ needs to have more time," and they're starting to win now. And I think you're right. Um, it, I, I just think some of these things are um, maybe just so reactionary. It, it just, especially with the Bucks actually getting better because both of us like True Holiday. He's been hurt. And then, like you said, Giannis is with new teammates, and he's starting to pick up his game after maybe a slow start by his standards the first 12, 15 games. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, even to some of the other guys that we uh, skipped over, Bob, were Gordon Hayward. Of course, everybody has been impressed with LaMelo Ball's play this year. Hayward's getting about 22 points, five boards, three assists a game. He's really been the leader for that 
that Charlotte ball club there for Michael Jordan uh, and his club in the East. Uh, I, Bob, these are some of the names I, I didn't consider Bam and Jimmy Butler all-stars this year. I know Bam's had a good season, almost averaging 20 and 10 with six assists a night. I could almost see Bam, not really with Jimmy Butler, with him missing a majority of the season. Uh, also, my Zion Williams teammate, Brandon Ingram, who made it last year, uh, put up similar numbers this year, and some people think maybe they just chose Zion over Brandon this year, but he's having another outstanding season, showing a lot of growth, uh, 25 points a game, four assists, shooting over 40% from the line, almost uh, eight. And then just a double back, Bob, out west. I'm sorry, guys, I skipped over uh, De'Aaron Fox, the dynamic point guard from the Sacramento Kings. Of course, this guy could – I think he could win the dunk contest. Uh, he's putting up huge numbers. I know Sacramento's a mess right now, but he's getting about 23 points and seven assists a night. Sacramento Kings without Gorgon Bogdanovich and a dark horse about to end it was DeMar DeRozan for the San Antonio Spurs. A lot of people felt like he was disrespected, and he's had uh, one heck of a season, averaging 20 points and seven rebounds and five assists. Uh, do you see anybody else now over it with those guys mentioned? Would anybody else possibly get over Devin Booker or replace KD if he comes out injured? I I don't, honestly. I, I do think that maybe Booker, if, if AD doesn't play, they're going to move Zion to the starting lineup and uh, maybe get Booker in um, as a dynamic guard. Because, I mean, a lot of times, as you know, teams are playing small, so you can have maybe three three guards or even four guards if you wanted. Um, and I, I do think Sabonis might be a, a contender in the East to replace KD if KD is still out. Um, I don't know. It, it's just very difficult. I do think that the Futures game is going to help a little bit. Like LaMelo could be somebody that uh, could have been one of those rookies that got an all-star, even though I still think that's hard because he's still trying to establish himself. Like players like him and Ja being in the futures game that that's something I really want to watch. And I'm sure there's, there's other players I'm, I'm missing, but the futures game is going to help correct some of this. I mean, the unfortunate thing, I, I, well, maybe it is fortunate. The league is so talented. It's so deep. There's going to be snubs, but maybe if there's, you know, dunk contests, three point contests, futures game skills, you can get more participation with some of these players. Absolutely. Yeah. It kind of to prove your point too, Bob, like you said, that league has, that league has an abundance of talent and it sounds like that they're hell bent on getting LaMelo ball into the, the skills competition, which is kind of a more of a, uh, obstacle, obstacle, obstacle course. I can't even talk right now. Obstacle course, <laughs> uh, for the NBA, but it looks like maybe LaMelo ball, they've heard Tyler hero may be involved in that as well. Exactly. Course, Here's not, not somebody a, else who's going to be in the futures game probably. And, uh, you know, there, there's just so, so many good players right now. Uh, have Have you heard anything with the dunk contest? Has there been anybody signing up for that? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was getting that, Bob. I was going to just mention briefly that, uh, you know, of course, we've heard a lot of pushback from the events, but it looks like that potentially uh, Duncan Robinson uh, may be entering the three-point shootout. Uh Trey Young, some of these guys, since it's in Atlanta, uh, they may have some interest. The dunk contest, I know they've tried to send out some flyers, of course, to the former champ uh, up there and now in Portland, which would be Derek Jones Jr., airplane mode. Uh, of course, the fans have been murmuring around, not nothing concrete or substantial, but of course, for 
Zion and John Morant to get in the dunk contest as well. Uh, Aaron Gordon has already stated he's injured, but he's already stated he will not do it. Does not contest. He said he would be willing to do the three-point shootout again, but not really the dunk contest. Fires and great shooters in the league. Uh, so, and a lot of guys that have gotten better through the through the season too. So we'll see uh, how that rounds out. Possibly, maybe LeBron James are going to dunk contest. I don't think that's going to happen. But <laughs> Bob, to, to move around the league here too, I know we had some. We got some other news about one of the other favorites that we're going to get to. But Sunday night, we had a the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, suffered a defeat to your New York Knicks and Tom Thibodeau or Archie Shea's New York Knicks. Uh, Tom Thibodeau and they defeated the Timberwolves. And that evening, unfortunately, the Timberwolves had to fire uh, Ryan Saunders, who had been their coach for a little bit over a year. Of course, he um, replaced Tom Thibodeau uh, a little bit over, over, I was sorry, over a year ago. But um, it was kind of a hard thing for that organization to do. Of course, his father, uh, Flip Saunders, was a longtime coach uh, of the Minnesota Timberwolves, was there when they had Kevin Garnett and kind of went from the expansion team to a playoff team. Uh, so that was kind of a, probably a hard thing for that organization to part ways with Ryan Saunders. But, Bob, can you go into the, the controversy with our audience here at, on Anchor.fm with Magic and Brown about what happened with the hiring of Chris Finch? Uh, it seems kind of bizarre, Bob, because this man uh, – well, number one, I guess they fired Ryan Saunders, Bob, on a Sunday night. And then within less than three hours, they were announcing the hiring of another coach outside the organization. I've, I've never, I don't know if our audience has ever heard of that, anything like that in sports. I've never heard of it, where you can have a head coach, fire him, and then already have an, a, a two-year agreement with another person that's in a contractual agreement with another team. And by the way, Toronto had a game that night as well. So, Bob, this sounds like some kind of tomfoolery going on here where Chris Finch was already in line to be their head coach. I, I've just never heard anything like this. Well, I mean, you've seen some of the stuff in, in baseball and football, I think not too often in the NBA. And to me, it's kind of curious because I remember when Tom Thibodeau kind of um, overextended the organization because they traded a lot for Butler, but then they get they get rid of him. Um, you know, the, he didn't get the most out of uh, Wiggins and Cat, but they said Ryan Saunders, you know, he, his father was uh, on the team for years. He's been an assistant for the Timberwolves. He knows the culture. I know the culture needs to be improved, but he's a very young guy. I mean, he's only – he's less than two years older than me, Theus. I mean, he's going to turn 30, 35 in April. And I do think that he had promise. The problem is, as you know, there's been injuries. Uh, there's been COVID. The, those are tough things. And our, I know our audience knows that. You, you've had some changeover of the roster, um, getting D'Angelo – Russell on the team instead of Wiggins, but unfortunately you lose a draft pick. I mean, right now they're tracking to be a potential first, though, you know, the ping pong balls have to go that way. Going to Golden State, true trade in a a deep draft. Um, But I I don't know, like you keep changing coaches. Uh, We we know that Joel Cordes of Basketball by Association, he's a huge T-Wolves fan. He's attested many times on that podcast and through his writing that, just the T-Wolves seem to always shoot themselves in the foot, maybe like just over-trading players, not signing key players. Uh, you know, they, they couldn't make it work with KG. They couldn't make it work with K-Love. Uh, and, you know, Cat's such a great player, but, you know, he's just hurt a lot. And, you know, that's a little outside of 
you know, his control, you know, unfortunately he got COVID. I'm hoping that's not negatively impacting his body. Cause you know, he's been kind of hurt this year as well. Um, I do think Anthony Edwards is going to be a good player for them. They're, they're just a younger side roster. It seems like that's been most of their existence for the last 30 some years they've been in the league. Um, I don't know why you don't give Ryan Sanders Saunders a chance. Um, I know some players too, you, you were mentioning off air that uh, Damian Lillard, like one of the assistants, David Venterpool, who has been with, um, you know, the Blazers for years, and he's an associate head coach right now as a top assistant with the Timberwolves. How come he wasn't given a shot? And we've been talking about how men of color are kind of getting stepped over in this league. Um, in, in fairness, the, the coach that they had is um, a respected coach in the league, um, somebody who's worked a lot with the Raptors, but – it seems like they're not doing their due diligence to say who's the best person. It looks like they just had an idea and went with it. Yeah. And like you mentioned too, Bob, that's a great point that some of his former players, uh, Dame Lillard, and I th- believe CJ McCullough also came to bat for David Vanderpool, who was a former NBA player and a longtime assistant in the league. Definitely. It seems like he had, and I'm not, this is not any disrespect to Chris Finch or anything, dudes as well, but it seemed like David Vanderpool was a lot more qualified and had more rapport with players in, across the league than in a lot of media as well that spoke up for him, uh, you know, in different, different media segments from big network, big networks to small, uh, saying that David Vanderpool was more than well qualified and had been sitting there for quite a while. Uh, they were also surprised that he wasn't, you know, selected when Thibodeau left as well. Uh, Bob, we've heard some rumblings out of Dallas recently with uh, a player that you are very fond of and our audience here. And we, we want to thank our audience at Bajek and Brown for doing our social media poll as well. Kristen, uh, the rumor mill, uh, not sure who generated this trade. I've seen some clippings that said um, Mark Cuban was pretty upset about the alleged rumors saying that he doesn't know where the, those things came from and, he doesn't believe anybody within the Dallas organization leaked that information to anyone. Uh, but it was very interesting that on the the poll, there were some selected teams, Bob, uh, that were suited for Kristaps Porzingis. And it looked like through that the Chicago Bulls were mentioned with that. Now, of course, these are just all speculations and rumors, not not nothing uh, substantial. Uh, but we did get a good return, a good uh, turnout from this poll question between. Uh, uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, but it seemed like the majority of fans, Bob, it was between the the Bulls, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Golden State Warriors. Who who do you think out of those teams do you think would be the best fit for Przingis? Uh, it would definitely be Golden State, but they're not going to do it. I, I do think they want to try the Andrew Wiggins thing. He hasn't been the scorer they wanted, but he's been a great defender. And that's, that's who they need. Somebody scoring eight, 17 to 20 points and being a great defender. Uh, I mean, you, you could do it because the, the contracts could match up, but I, I think Golden State wouldn't want to do that move. I mean, you'd probably also have to give, get rid of the T-Wolves thing. And I think they want to build on term. I understand Steph's playing great. He always plays great. You want to have a chance for it, but the, the field is so deep. It'd be a huge gamble, and I love Kristaps, but he's always hurt. I mean, I, I wonder if some of it 
because running the floor like he does at 7-3, you know, he, he's a skinnier guy. He's been having these leg and foot problems. I mean, I wonder, you know, it's almost like you get diminishing ter- returns if a guy's 7-2 or taller in the league where it's just easier for them to get hurt with the higher center of gravity. And I'm, I'm wondering if that's what's, you know, preventing him from being consistently great, just these injuries, unfortunately. Um, it, I, I do think the Bulls, I mean, they want to get a star player, but it's possible that could set them back. I mean, they, they do want to cut bait with Laurie. Um, maybe you, you send back somebody like um, an expiring contract, especially if anybody wants Otto Porter. I, I don't think anybody does, but I mean, you'd probably again have to give up a pick or two and, you know, maybe they'll gamble on that. But if you get Kristaps, yeah, you can be uh, a player in the East, but what are you like a second round team that grinds out to a close loss in the second round? Probably. Um, I, I don't know. So it depends what our tourist wants to do. I do think all of those moves are intriguing. I just wonder how realistic they are. It, it's possible somebody floated it in back channels, or I don't know if it's the media trying to get clicks. I, they, they bet the farm on Kristaps. I still think they want to see it play out, but like, like what you said off air, what, you know, they haven't won with him. So maybe see what, what they can get for him. Yeah. And in that part, it was between, I, I forgot one team. I'm sorry. There was the Charlotte Hornets was also a, a mention, uh, but it was a very narrow uh, vote for our 31% said the Chicago Bulls. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I started from bottom to the top. Atlanta Hawks was a 7.8%. The Charlotte Hornets were 24.7. The Bulls finished at 31.2. And then, as you as you said as well, the fans agreed with you that, and the listeners that, thirty six point four percent would be the uh, Golden State Warriors. But I think that the preliminary thoughts were, and it wasn't with Andrew Wiggins, but uh, possibly not giving up, not giving up the Minnesota pick, but it would just be giving up the. Well, and that that could be possible. And, yeah, that could be possible. But you know, Wiggins is flawed too, even though he's been traded quite a bit um it it depends again what these guys want to do you know atlanta and uh you know i forgot about atlanta and charlotte both of those teams want to get back in the playoffs Kristaps is still young enough where you know he could he can still contribute for a few years if you're building upward it depends again how many uh draft capital assets and other players they want to do you know for contracts to match up you might have to get a third team or somebody else to dump salaries so i mean I think it might be more possible if there's a third team or a fourth team in these these complicated trades. Um, if it's straight up, it's going to be tougher. Uh, it's possible, you know, Michael Jordan sometimes is a, you know, he, he is a gambler in real life, but sometimes with his team, he, he gambles on certain players. You know, may, maybe he would want to gamble with Kristaps because having him, LaMelo, and Gordon Hayward, if somehow you can keep those guys there, that, that would be an interesting team. Uh, but it it might go against the longer term bill they want to do, depending on w- what players you give up though. Again, it might make it a destination for players to come in free agency. Yeah. Again, but I, yeah, I'm not, I can't expect, I, I know one thing I we heard is that it simply, again, it wasn't, uh, you know, I think that, that again, Andrew Wiggins has played well for golden state. I think that all reports that Steve Kerr and those guys are definitely, and even Kelly Oubre has played. I mean, Again, so much is focused on the negative. People jumped over these two young men when they struggled to begin the season, but Kelly Oubre has played fantastic 
since then. And Andrew Wiggins has solidified his role as a stopper and an, another score and uh, still have, you know, sacrificing some of his scoring, still averaging upwards about 18 points a game. So uh, again, that's, again, that's the bad thing that's not reported on. It's only, it's kind of those hot takes where people want to dump on people when they're struggling, but no, the, the original trade was uh, again for Kelly Oubre and like a, a second round pick and maybe one of the bench players, if it was Eric Pasco or, or someone else like that. Um, well, if it's something like again, that, we'll see. definitely gamble on that, I think, because uh, th- there's too much upside on that. The, the problem is like how much in the luxury tax are going to go. And I do think the Warriors are willing to pay it because they know that Steph, if, if he's got a little more help, you know, they, they could still maybe jump on some teams, especially if there's weird injury stuff or teams are not gelling. Um, I, I guess I can see that. It, it just depends how much risk they want want to take on. I mean, you might have to. I mean, like this is a win now, like how the Bucks made a big trade for uh, Drew Holiday and tried to get Bogdanovich on the team. They, they know they're in a win now mode. Absolutely. And another move we saw, Bob, too, was kind of baffling to a lot of uh, the fans around the NBA and here are our listeners at Anchor.fm on Bezik and Brown is that the Houston Rockets uh, signed. And of course, today was kind of transitioning to that. Today at, at four o'clock, about an hour ago, was the day that contracts become guaranteed for the rest of the season. Uh, we see a lot of activity, some teams kind of hedging and you're going to see a lot of players Friday when the contracts are not fully uh, but DeMarcus Cousins for the Houston Rockets was signed for the rest of the season and then mutually agreed to part ways. Um, you had kind of conflicting reports because you had some reports saying he wanted a larger role or thought he would be doing more, but that kind of didn't make sense because he has been starting uh, for the greater part of like the last two weeks with the end. Wood. And, uh, of course, we've heard some speculation about Maybe the Miami Heat would be a good place for DeMarcus or the Boston Celtics, who probably sorely need some more help inside and outside. How do you? How, what do you feel about that? But what do you think about? Would there be a destination? I know that, of course, he. Some said he was trying to ring chase when he was with the Lakers and with the Golden State, and unfortunately didn't win a ring in either place. Uh, but would he go back to one of those teams as well, the Lakers or Golden State? Well, I, I think Golden State is sailed because they didn't want to bring him back he he did say he had a good time there but he was friends with katie and some other players who are not there anymore so i don't know if it would be the same uh quinn cook i know he's uh he's a bencher i i love the guy he might be somebody to go back to golden state but that's not going to move the needle but with demarcus i i think you bring up a very good point with the celtics or the heat uh i do think he thinks that he can make a a big contribution in the east even though he's been playing in the west uh, his numbers are not where they used to be. I remember seeing uh, DeMarcus on my 29th birthday in, in uh, the Pelicans' place. It was a great game. He had 41 points. I think it was on five threes. He had five and ones, made four of those free throws, five dimes. I know this is crazy, Theus. Five threes. He had like two or three blocks. He made Marc Gasol look like he didn't belong in the league because Gasol was on him when he could still move better. Uh you know, he's not wow. that same player, unfortunately. He he really isn't, but he is somebody who is a savvy veteran, good size, and if he's on a very talented team like the Celtics or the Heat, I do think he can play very well for them and probably better than the Rockets because there was too much uh, pressure with his size 
for him to make these contributions. But if, if he's a role man, which I still think he can do, he, he's good at he's he has some good post moves. If he went on a team that with those good guards, I mean, I, I do think that they can make a make them more of a player in the East. So, I mean, th- those are realistic. If our listeners were thinking that, I think they're on the right you know track. Absolutely, Bob. And we did have sorry, we had breaking news here about uh, twelve or thirteen minutes ago, uh, reported by Adrian Wojciechowski and also Woj and Shams that the NBA announced that uh, Devin Booker will replace Anthony Davis uh, in the All Star game. So that's already been officially announced. So Devin Booker will make his second All Star appearance uh, in the that, last that's three make years. A lot of fans and players and and our listeners very happy. I, I do think that he's a he's a great shooter. It'll it'll be fun. Um, I I probably why Chris Paul got on because Chris Paul's made a huge difference um, on BBA when it was Yumi Joel and Arky. I, I think I was the only one who said that they, they probably wouldn't make the playoffs, but that that was because I thought some other teams in the West would do better than what the Suns are doing and. I, I guess it shows that I was wrong and you guys are right. I mean, they're playing fantastic basketball, and I think people wanted to recognize what, um, you know, Chris Paul brings to the team. But, I mean, that's one wrong righted. So we'll see, again, if KD sure. – yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that just played a lot into – at least in my thinking, and I, as I mentioned at that time on – I think it was BB5 is, you know, Chris Paul's history. You know, he went to a struggling New Orleans franchise and helped them – get to the playoffs and he was able to, again, that, that's such a buzz term now, but to unlock Tyson Chandler, he got Tyson Chandler to the all-star game. He went to the Clippers, was unable to enhance the talents of DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin. Uh, then he went down to Houston and was able to help Clint Capella be an all-star. So he's always had a history of, you know, definitely helping his big men. And now he did it again with DeAndre Jordan, not an all-star yet, but DeAndre Jordan is actually averaging a double, double playing the best of his career. And, taking a lot of that pressure and leadership responsibility off of Devin Booker. So you're right about that. Definitely that the fans in the, the West will be happy that Devin Booker is there. Uh, we had some other movement, Bob, out, out East. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, of course, have been playing great. And we know that Duran is out, you know, with his, uh, then with his lingering. Uh, Kyrie and James Harden have Prove the media and everybody wrong and play terrific together. They made one of these interesting moves right now where they're releasing uh, former uh, Chicago native Amon Shumpert, Andre Roberson, formerly of Oklahoma City, but a long time ago. And the manicures bounced around everywhere. Noah Vonley, uh, they are releasing them because of the contracts. So the contracts, uh, as we mentioned before, will not be guaranteed by today. And it looks like reports that they're going to resign Andre Roberson and that Woj and Shams reporting is to keep flexibility in that roster in case they make a move or uh, they, I think they do have still some cap space for the Spencer Dinwiddie exception. Uh, do you see any other players that might fit that mode? I know you mentioned Quinn Cook getting a release earlier from the Lakers. Uh, it looks like right now that the uh, Sacramento Kings just released Glenn Robinson III. Uh, so he's another small forward out there available. You see anything suitable for Brooklyn? Well, I mean, I, it looks like like what you said. They're playing around with the cap. It makes sense that Roberson and Shumpert stay because both of them are very good defenders. And the and the Nets, they're do, they're playing better now. Like we'll give them that because both you and I were kind of concerned about 
just them giving up 130, 140 points a game. They're playing better. You need Shumpert and Roberson off the bench because you, you need those great defenders. Um, signing Cook, um, I know I was talking about Golden State and he liked it there. He's also good friends with KD, and KD likes playing with his friends. I wouldn't be surprised if he would get there. I mean, he's somebody, when he's on, he could get you two or three threes off the bench. Uh, so it's possible that it could be there. Um, I mean, I do think that if they're really serious of winning, they, they have to take the Dimwitty um, exception. So it, I, I still don't know who would they they would go after. They just have to go after somebody. It looks like Golden State might decide not to do it because the, it, it seems like they're just on the bottom part of the playoffs in the West. Yeah, well, but, they're already kind of guard heavy as well, Bob. There in Golden yeah. State, right? With with Wanamaker and also with uh, I think it's Jordan Poole, I believe. Yeah, and then they have Jeremy Lin, of course, in the D League. Yeah, 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 he's been in the G League right now, and he they might keep him there because he he hasn't been ready. I mean, that that's one thing that we've talked about, and I'm sure our listeners think about. You, you get these guys after one year in college, and sometimes they're just not ready. Maybe the scouts were right. This is an NBA type player, but sometimes you might need some seasoning. And I think Cool, they want him to just learn the game better and. I think maybe down the line he'll be a good player. It's just that, unfortunately, he's not aligning with uh, Curry's championship window for now. Um, the Nets, I do think that they really want to go for it. I mean, you don't trade for Harden. You don't get some of these uh, defensive guys like I thought earlier in the year that you need. Um, may- maybe you do get another shooter. So, Theus, who's somebody that you think would fit for the Nets? I think, of course, they've been disappointed by Landry Shamit. I think they expected – more out of him uh, this season, of course, coming over. I think that they've got a lot out of Timmy uh, Lavert Clabron. I can't pronounce his name right, but the Frenchman, he's done a, a very good job shooting the ball. But of course, we early in the, the season, we heard rumors about JJ Redick, uh, also possibly, you know, Lonzo Ball going there. But I think you do have a lot of shooters on free agency. I think that if they were looking to go, and Deadman. Uh, who formerly the Atlanta Hawks and Kings, a guy that's able to stretch the floor. Uh, of course, Kyle Korver. Uh, I know he's getting a little up there in age, but of course he's available on free agency, one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time in NBA history. Uh, so I think in that sense that they have, I don't know, there's a lot of other shooters that are available or teams are looking to actually move, so to speak, but that uh, they would have a lot of options. I guess with, with Joe Harris already being there, um, I know a lot of fans in Philadelphia would like them to move Cork uh, Moss. Cork Moss is a streaky shooter. He could even be a guy that could come into the game to knock down two or three threes a game. Well, yeah, and I mean, they might be hedging because we know that Harden and Kyrie and KD are very great shooters. But with the injury problems with Ky- Kyrie's at least gotten healthy, but the last three years he's been injured a lot. KD's been hurt. You know, they might want to hedge for another shooter like you thought earlier in the year. And Harris is playing well. Um, he, he played great when they were against the Lakers for, from a recent game I watched. Um, you know, I just think they needed a combination of uh, defense and shooting. And they got the defenders with Roberson and um, Shumpert. And I guess they're starting to gel a little more on their assignments. You know, maybe, maybe if they get that other shooter, and they will, it'll be buyout market or 
um, getting getting a free agent who is still not signed this year, or maybe they do try to do another trade. Um, I, again, I don't know how that's going to work because they're against the cap. Uh, depends what they want to do, but I do think they're going to make a move because getting hardened it shows that you're all in the next few years. And maybe a situation too, Bob, where they could. I mean, it's just something I'm throwing out there is that even with a big guy like Demarcus Cousin, his salary is already paid, and he's showing the capability to be able to shoot threes. I think. It's even more size with he and DeAndre Jordan uh, and leadership there as well in the middle. Two guys that could work wouldn't – I don't think they would contradict each other. Cousins could stay on the perimeter. Jordan could stay in the post. And even if you want to be like a spot-up stretch five, that would might work as well. Uh, I think that replacing him in Houston, that's another route, though, Bob, that our fans, of course, now that the G League is going in Orlando uh, – uh, replacing him down in Houston uh, from Omaha, Nebraska, the Creighton's own Justin, Justin Patton, uh, guys like that that could come up. He's doing it. He did a great job in Houston the other night, had four points, six rebounds, and four blocks. Uh, so you're going to get an influx of guys coming out of the G League, like you said, the Jordan Pools, uh, even Jeremy Lin's older guys like Jared Jack, uh, tons of guys that have Kyrie Thomas, people that have proven himself and need another shot in the NBA as well. It looked like the other night that Bobby Brown uh, from the Detroit Pistons, who's now in the Nets, he was that shooter that they've needed. I think he went off to the tune of uh, 27 or 29 points. So definitely some of these guys on their bench are ready, and they know that all they have to do is come and do their job. And certain nights you're going to get hot in the NBA. Guys are going to perform above their exceeded expectations, and that would definitely help Steve Nash and that staff a long way. Oh, definitely. I mean, we, we know the NBA, uh, it's kind of crazy because every week, even every day, there's moves happening. And I think a lot of teams are going to be aggressive who feel like they're almost there because this is, a, again, a shortened season. Uh, maybe some teams that had deep playoff runs are going to be extra tired because there was less time to recuperate. Um, you're going to see more people go for it, I think. Yeah, and Bob, too, you did have a, a thing to do. You think that any of the players, speaking about the Eastern Conference champs, the Miami Heat, uh, they were ex- they were granted the player exception for I think four point seven million dollars for Myers Leonard. Do you do you think that there are any other needs that they need possibly uh, from there? Uh, definitely scoring because uh, the Heat they're a great defensive team. A lot of it is because of Jimmy and Bam. Um, they have other good ancillary pieces on. Uh, Andre Iguodala, he can't shoot anymore, unfortunately, but he's still a savvy defender. Um, just getting more shooting. Uh, J- Jay Crowder, who's with the Suns, I think he's part of the reason why the Suns are doing a lot better. Obviously, more CP3 and their their younger stars um, gelling, but just having somebody that good off the bench, somebody who's always going to be like your number seven best player, even maybe number six, um, I think he helps that team a lot. So they, they need to look for uh, just more shooting, I think. Uh, you can't have enough of it. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy and Bam, they're great kind of in the mid-range or by the basket, but they're not great at three. Getting getting another three-point shooter, I think, would help them a lot. I, know, I understand they have Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, but sometimes those guys could get – face guarded or, or shut down um, because there's more tape on those guys. I do think, uh, you know, they're still really good players, but you see their shooting numbers down from the bubble. Absolutely. And Bob, we've had some great uh, 
college hoops action going on. I know we spoke off the air about, you know, the great job that Jawan Howard is doing there in Michigan. Uh, my my Duke Blue Devils kind of struggling. They've taken some bad losses this year, lost to North Carolina. Star player Jalen Johnson uh, decommit from the team and leave. Uh, so, But we've had some good stories around the nation, I think. The Illini, Illinois, Final Illini have, have done a good job there. Uh, Brad Underwood has done a good job with that staff. Uh, what else have you seen, Bob, lately in college? Have you seen any other uh, surprise stories? Of course, Gonzaga is rolling. Looks like they're pretty strong, a powerhouse. Kentucky's struggling. North Carolina's struggling. What have, what have you seen from your eyes? I think the Blue Bloods are moving. Um, you know, they're moving over this year, and some of it has been because recruiting has been down. Some people are trying to uh, have different avenues to the NBA. Maybe some people are opting out because of the pandemic, but uh, I've been very surprised with Illinois' play. A lot of it is Ayu Sunmu. He's such a good player. He's from Morgan Park in Chicago. I guess he was rated number 32 out of top 100 in 2018, uh, but he's a taller guard at 6'5", 200 pounds, and as a junior... He is somebody who is in contention for player of the year. He has 21 points, uh, more than six rebounds, more than five assists per game, shooting uh, close to 49%, 40 from three. Uh, his per is 25, 4.3 win shares, which is huge in college because they don't play as often. Uh, when he was against uh, Minnesota, that's the game I watched, he was uh, just dictating the pace. He, he has a good role game with – uh, Kofi um, Cockburn and he yeah and center, I wanted yeah, to mention fella. him too like Kobe is somebody or Kofi I mean he is somebody who has really good hands he kind of reminds me of Wiseman except he's he's more thick he he, he has good post moves uh, good roll man good hands and he's a good defender I think there were a couple blocks and one he had to make a recovery to get that uh, he's somebody I think that could be a possible NBA player. So I was impressed watching those two young men. Um, I did watch Evan Mobley for the first time. He, he's somebody who's a top five uh, prospect. And uh, right now he's playing great, um, about 17 points per game, almost nine rebounds, two assists, shooting over 60% from the field. His per is over 30. Um, USC doesn't look like a good team. They, they should have really won. I think they were against Arizona and they, they just missed free throw after free throw, but he was, I think he had about 23 or four points that game, some blocks, some assists. Um, he was just really active out there uh, for a seven foot forward. Um, he, he needs to put on more weight, but a lot of young men have to do that when they're only like 19 years old. Uh, th that's going to get corrected with nutrition and working out. But I just like the raw skills I saw from him. So those are some of the college games I saw recently. Um, I I know that um, Michigan's playing a lot better. I mean, Jawan Howard, I remember you and Matt Wells, um, when he was hired, thought he would make a huge difference, and it, it's showing. Uh, they have some players, too, who could help them make a deep tournament run, some guys who might be looking for the NBA, if not this year, next year. So, yeah, we've got some interesting college basketball with some interesting prospects. Was there anything that stood out to you? 
Yeah, but we definitely want to give a shout out to our former guest, Dwight Smith, and his uh, McCook McCook Ball Club there in Nebraska. They have had a pretty good run uh, this week. Fortunately, they had their uh, five game win streak snapped, uh, but looks like they have a move to, I believe, seven and three in their first ten ball games. So, uh, shout out to Coach Dwight Smith and there in McCook, Nebraska, community college. They're uh, doing a great job down there and turning that program around. Uh, and that's the uh, McCook uh, Indian Athletics. So they're doing a great job there. And, and around the college basketball scene, I mean, as you said, too, about Illinois, I just wanted to give a mention to Chicago's own Adam Miller, a uh, kid from Chicago, from the city, the point guard uh, that has done a great job as well there. Uh, more so on the on the women's side, but I wanted to give a shout out to uh, from Des Moines' own Caitlin Clark, uh, University of Iowa, has just been doing a fantastic job this season. Uh, I believe she's still maybe leading the Big Ten in scoring. Wow! Uh, the other night, I'm trying to look at the stat here. I know that they they set a almost a record, Bob. I think they hit eight three pointers in the first half, or her and her team had hit eight three pointers apiece. Uh, so her stats have just been incredible so far. Also for, of course, everybody's been seeing Paige Buckner out of UConn. So if people aren't really uh, watching right now for women's basketball, I know our guy Miles uh, is definitely on, on the hoop scene there, but some great uh, action on the women's scene. If you remember Caitlin Clark at the University of Iowa and Paige Buckner's at the University of UConn, uh, two of the bright stars in the, uh, NCA as well. Definitely. And I want to quickly mention again, uh, we, we've been keeping tabs on the Ignite team from the G League. Uh, Jalen Green and uh, Kaminga have been playing great basketball. Uh, Deshaun Nix and uh, Kai Soto haven't been making that much of an impression so far. Um, but you got to remember those guys um, do have NBA measurables they played great in high school I, I think they're just transitioning slowly uh they'll still probably be first round picks maybe lower at this point but uh check out some highlights they have it on house of highlights you can get maybe an abbreviated game for 15 minutes and you can see how well green and Kaminga played together um unfortunately jared jack is jacking up a lot of shots and we kind of know what his game is all about but uh you know those two guys are probably top five picks along with uh, Mobley, and I do think those three players will have uh, a big say in the future of the NBA. So, uh, and, and it was interesting because you mentioned Justin Patton. He was playing before he went to the Rockets with the uh, Westchester Knicks, and he he played very well, and he's been somebody who unfortunately went with Tibbs. He's not good at developing young players where he, he wants them on the bench a lot, and then he had injury players. So I think that's how he played himself out of the league. But um, he's just doing good things where I think he can be an, an effective bench player or a fringe starter if uh, he plays his cards right. Yeah, uh, Justin's definitely got a big opportunity there, especially with them being shorthanded in that front court. But just to close to guys, one, I hate to double back. I wanted to mention, I uh, know a lot of the uh, the qualifying happened as well for some of the Olympics. And a shout-out to the American team with former uh, Boston Celtic point guard, Isaiah Thomas, who played very well, and Slow Mo, Joe Johnson, ISO Joe. <laughs> Joe Johnson played very well for Team USA. And also uh, some other guys probably should still be in the league. Uh, Shabazz Napier for Puerto Rico. 
Uh, did a fantastic. Looks like he scored forty-eight points in sixteen. I thought at first that was the entire backcourt, but I think that was him himself that had forty-eight points and sixteen assists. Uh, he did a great job last year, of course, in Washington. It was Dame Litter's backup for a long time in Portland and Orlando. So just kind of surprised that he's not in the league as well. So definitely looking at some of those qualifying games too. Definitely. And Bob, was there anything else that you seek upcoming this week? Any game you're looking forward to? Or? Well, uh, there's a couple things. First, uh, I don't know if I shared it on our website, but I'll uh, try to share it on Facebook. But there's a great article, um, LeBron's cover story from February of 2002, ahead of his class by Grant Wall, the chosen one. Um, I read that recently because I didn't read it when I was uh, 14, but reading it now is just such good writing. Um, and it's kind of cool to see where people thought LeBron could go and where he is now. Uh, for basketball games tonight, um, I'm interested in Jazz and Lakers. Uh, Lakers got to figure out how to get LeBron some help. And I know I know this, it's kind of a misnomer because he has great players, but it seems like without Anthony Davis, they have a lower ceiling. Um, I'm kind of interested to see um, Golden State versus the Pacers because, I mean, Golden State's been hovering around 500 and they might have some trouble guarding Sabonis tonight. Yeah, I think that is kind of a misnomer. I think that's – I think people in the media and fans kind of jumped the gun saying that, Bob. I mean, the, the Lakers did go out this offseason. They did go get free agents in Montrez Harrell and Marcus Sowell. And, of course, also Dennis Schroeder has been hurt. Uh, and I think that Kyle Kuzma is not giving enough credit. Again, we, I think, spend too much time bashing players when they're struggling playing bad, but no one talks about Kyle Kuzma's effective play this year. He's been playing a lot better. I think where they're struggling, too, is that I, as I mentioned before, I, I talked to uh, the great Daniel Artest. I mentioned to him, but he, we spoke about, you know, players of the same skill set. I think the Lakers, unfortunately, have too many guys that do the same thing. Like last year, when they had Danny Green and KCP, this year they have KCP and Wessel West really serve them any better. There's two guys there that kind of are supposed to be three and D guys that are a little bit too slow to be D guys. They just shoot threes. So, um, and don't always make them a lot. Of, so, uh, unfortunately you got guys that have too many similar skill sets where you can just have one player that could probably be more of a creator and effectively help you score. So well, that's I think that they, the Lakers do have the talent. They just, unfortunately the way the team is constructed that they, have to figure out how to make best do what they have. Well, that's a good point, Theus, because not having an extra ball handler. I know, I think Caruso's really good off, um, off the point on on the from the bench, and you know Schroeder's been hurt, so you're not having people outside of Caruso really spelling LeBron. So I mean, maybe again on the scrap heap, they they got to find another ball handler because I do think when LeBron could play off ball and and rest a little bit he's more effective. Like when he was against the heat, I think partly he was missing a lot of shots because besides leading on defense and trying to lead on offense, if he's doing ball handling too, that's, that's a lot for his age. If we're going to be fair on it about it. But again, I think people that that's what the media thinks. I think that LeBron is kind of transcended sports and like a lot of guys, Tom Brady himself, he's really invested in his body. And I think like he mentioned the other day, it's kind of interesting. You mentioned that Bob, because that's, been a narrative too where people said oh why is he playing so many minutes and he needs to rest but again like you said the basketball game is 48 minutes I mean that's his job so I mean it's, it's kind of interesting that we again 
I mean, we always want to find something to criticize. People criticize Kawhi Leonard for taking days off for low management, but yet again, we're criticizing LeBron James for actually wanting to play. So it doesn't really make sense that we continue to do this. But the guy is showing up. You know, the best the best availability is to be available. So he's showing up for his team and playing longer minutes, trying to help them through things. But I believe you're right, though, Bob. I think that when Rajon Rondo was there last year, and I think the thing that people forget, it took him a long time to trust Rondo, even more so than a Kyrie Irving or maybe a Dwayne Wade. I think LeBron James respected Rondo's kind of nerdish, uh, you know, just his intense level for basketball understanding and his IQ that he understood things at a different level like LeBron does. And it took a while for him to just trust Rondo and let him take the the reins over as the primary ball handler. So hopefully somebody like a Schroeder or, I mean, I keep saying his name, but Shabazz Napier. Uh, I think the, the Miami Heat actually drafted Shabazz Napier in hopes that LeBron would stay back in 2014 because LeBron said that was his favorite point guard in that draft. So maybe saying that Shabazz Napier is available again right now. Oh, definitely. I think uh, if LeBron has um, an idea of what to do with the roster, you got to listen to him. I mean, he, he delivered last year and he's trying to deliver again. So, folks, again, we want to thank you again for listening to episode number 39 here on Bajak and Brown Hoops Up and Down podcast. Uh, and then we want to thank you for listening here live on anchor.fm. And then definitely look forward to our next episode uh, coming up here soon. And folks, again, as Bob said, we definitely take a look at that article. And thank you guys for your participation on our social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Bayjack and Brown handle hashtag. Thank you so much, folks, and have a great evening.